If the OTAs are, as Mike Tomlin calls them, football in shorts, and then training camp itself is tackle football, as Mike Tomlin hopes it has been over these past couple of weeks out in Latrobe, then what's the preseason? Preseason is yeah, just another level up. We're not quite yet at football season, but we're getting there. And this one in particular, promises something exciting. Let's not duck away from that just because it's preseason. Usually I think we're all guilty, including people in my business, of boosting up the preseason, inflating things, because we're looking for things to talk about. We're looking for phone calls, and I am too. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden today here on 105.9 X. Mark will be back here hosting his show tomorrow. But I want to actually get excited about a preseason game because we're going to see something tonight from Philadelphia that we haven't seen in Pittsburgh in a long, long time. And that's the promise of a quarterback of the future. That's not hyping up Mason Rudolph. It's not looking at the rest of the guys and saying they're nothing. And it's not saying that Mason Rudolph isn't going to end up being a Landry Jones or a you know even a Josh Dobbs over the course of his NFL career. But he's exciting. Anyone who's been out to St. Vincent College and has seen this kid, has seen his arm, has seen his ability to make reads, has seen and heard his confidence. Yeah, that's an intangible, but it counts. At that position, it counts. I was standing on a sideline the other day up at Chuck Knoll Field, and when you hear Rudolph take control of the huddle, he takes complete command. He sounds like a a military guy out there. This isn't a kid. I mean, it is a kid. But it's not someone who has walked in shaking like a leaf. He's open. He's honest. He's candid. He talks about going over reps with his you know, his dad back home. So you see at times that he is as young as he actually is. But when he's performing, when he's out on the field, he doesn't come across that way. He doesn't look like he's underdeveloped in terms of uh, NFL awareness or NFL poise. He definitely doesn't look like he's underdeveloped physically the way Josh Dobbs does. When you watch Dobbs tonight, Dobbs will come out on the field and you'll think, "Eh, yep, there's a backup or there's a number three because he's this skinny, wiry guy and you don't look around the NFL and see quarterbacks who are built like that. Is that fair? Probably not, but whatever. It's, It's the case. Dobbs is built the way he is. Landry's built the way he is. Landry's a little bit closer to your prototype NFL guy, but not like Rudolph. Rudolph has enough of everything including the scrambling ability. I mean, he's not, you know, primetime Fran Tarkenton, but he's going to get around in the pocket. He's going to create his own room to make plays. But he has enough of everything, including the arm, to make you think that, yeah, maybe this is the Steelers' quarterback of the future. That's exciting. 
That's neat. When is the last time we have watched anyone in a Pittsburgh uniform and said, this might be the guy? What do we have to go back, almost 20 years? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Dale Lawley will be joining us on the phone from Philadelphia, where he's out there covering this game. We don't yet know the order, the strict rotation of what the quarterback's usage will be tonight. There's a pretty strong indication Landry Jones is going to start, and then you're going to see Dobbs, and then you're going to see Rudolph. Now, in what form? We'll have to wait till that plays out. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play. But when that kid comes in, and here's hoping the, the Steelers have some sense about this, and I think they do, cut him loose. Don't just have him do what the standard third-string, fourth-string guy does, and turn around and hand the ball off to somebody from Youngstown State or whatever else. And It's not a shot at Youngstown State, but you know what I mean. Let him play. Let him throw the ball. I don't care what the game situation is. I don't care what they're trying to achieve. Don't ease him in, especially if Rudolph is out there with James Washington, who he's developed a long-term rapport with, obviously, from college. Let him put it up. Let him show something. Kevin Colbert isn't the kind to make quotes that, resonate anywhere. You can sit with Kevin. I really, really like the guy. You can sit with him for an hour and a half and talk football, talk Steelers, and come out of there thinking, hey, you know, I really learned a lot from this session. And then when you go through the tape, I mean, the reporter's type tape, and you, you don't have anything at all. He didn't give you anything. But Colbert, over the past week, has been quoted more than once as saying that Rudolph is further along than we thought he'd be. That's not small praise coming from that particular individual. Mike Tomlin has also had stronger things to say. Tomlin kind of picks his spots. He's usually, he deals with us, meaning the media, in the sense that he's assuming his players will read what we write or what he says that we write. So he's constantly using us just to send a message to the players. It's not to the fans. It's not to the public. It's certainly not to us. So I take what Tomlin says with a grain of salt with these types of things, not Colbert. For Colbert to come out publicly and say that Rudolph is further along than we thought, that he's more advanced than we had assumed, that he's more comfortable than what the Steelers could have had cause to expect. That says so much about this kid. Because if you think about the circumstance in which he's arriving, try to put yourself in his shoes, as young as he is. He's coming into Pittsburgh, franchise quarterback, greatest quarterback in franchise history, Ben Roethlisberger. I have a really hard time arguing that, with all due respect to the football accomplishments anyway of Terry Bradshaw. And on top of that, he's going to displace either Landry Jones or Josh Dobbs. He might cost Josh Dobbs NFL work. This kid comes into this camp, actually really through OTA's minicamp, the whole deal. And then there's the dust-up where Ben makes the remarks that he made where you remember 
he didn't understand why the Steelers invested a draft pick in a quarterback when they had other needs, specifically referring to inside linebacker. And then he took umbrage at the idea that he was going to be Rudolph's mentor. Of course, he walked it all back. That's classic Ben. But it's still yet another level of potential discomfort for this kid. And all he does is walk into this situation, mind his own business, not complain, operate with a smile on his face, answer all of our questions as if he's answered them a million times before, express all the requisite excitement about playing tonight in Philadelphia, and he gets the job done. Now, where Tomlin paused, where he cut himself off a couple days ago in describing what he's thought of Rudolph so far, is, well, he hasn't been hit yet. Of course he hasn't. That's a blanket, hard, and common-sense rule in any training camp. But we're going to see that. We're going to see him out there, presumably in the second half, probably later in the second half. And he's going to get hit, and he's going to get chased, and he's going to go out of that pocket. Maybe he's going to throw a couple of passes where people wonder, whoa, what is this? This, this? this kid doesn't look all that good. But he's got the presence, the moxie to borrow an old Lloyd McClendon favorite line. To withstand it. We now know that. We now know that he's going to find a way to take the positives from whatever it is that happens tonight and grow from it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. And before we go to break, I want to share this with you just for some perspective on this. Josh Dobbs and I talked a lot last season, meaning in the regular season when, of course, he's not doing anything. And he would tell me how he would go back over his preseason snaps, not just his throws, his handoffs, his everything. They were all magnified in his eyes. They were larger than life for him. I could have done this. I could have done that. Think about that. It's a preseason game that like all of us are just watching tonight like out of the corner of our eye while we're doing something else. But to him, it was huge. Everything was magnified. And you could tell that on those occasions where he struggled, and this is mostly a positive kid, mind you, he really beat himself up for it. I could have done this. I could have done that. This was a rookie facing at least some NFL talent in these preseason games. Really, really bright young man, too. And he was pretty tough on himself. And I thought in observing Rudolph over these past couple weeks and really over the whole summer, that's not going to happen to him. I mean, he'll he'll study, he'll learn from his mistakes. He's not going to beat himself up for it. The kid's just got this presence about him. Third-round pick? Yeah. I mean, but there have been other third-rounders who have done pretty well in the National Football League at the quarterback position. They don't all have to be top 10. They don't all have to be at the top of the scouting rankings in advance of the draft. This kid is legit, and it's going to be an awful lot of fun watching him. Here's what I want to hear from you. What is it that you're looking forward to tonight most of all? And if it's about Rudolph, and I suspect a lot of you will say that, give me something specific. 
What is it that you want to see from him, or what is it that you want to see from the Steelers tonight when watching this game from Philadelphia? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm Dan Kovacevic sitting in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 X. Unless, of course, they're good enough to make the NFL. The X at 105.9. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're going to try to go for real football talk. None of the usual, you know, AB's Facebook Live page, Juju did this or that, Le'Veon, rap, whatever. Actual football talk, because it's an actual football day. The Steelers and Eagles play tonight at Lincoln Financial Field at 7 p.m. We'll be joined at the bottom of the hour by Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com. But I'm asking you now what it is that you want to see from the Steelers in this game. And I'm challenging you to be specific. I just, you know, looking forward to seeing Mason Rudolph. Yeah, we all are. Get me something specific. Give me something good, hard football. Nick in Georgia, you're on 105.9 The X. I appreciate you calling. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Nick. Um, I'm real excited to see Terrell Edmonds and see what he can do out there tonight. Let, give me a specific. What do you want to see from him? I want to see an interception. <laughs> well, okay. That, that's good, too, here. Uh, do you feel like there's going to be room for him? There's a lot of safeties out there now with Morgan Burnett, with, uh, obviously, Sean Davis. I think there's a reason we went up and got him so high. I think we got a real high upside with him. I'm excited to see what he can do. I hear you, man. I appreciate it. I'll tell you, I mentioned already that I loved Mason Rudolph's poise. If we flipped the conversation to the other side of the football, that is all Edmonds. When you watch him out there and listen to him, uh, he comes across... I was going to say like a young Carnell Lake, but young Carnell Lake in the sense that of Lake's on-the-field performance. He's more vocal. He's a little bit more fun. Lake's a really, really serious guy. But he has that element to him. He has that confidence that you want to see at that position. And I'm with the caller in the sense that I think you're going to see the Steelers find a way to get him on the field, but also Mike Hilton. Hilton's taken a lot of snaps at safety, even deep safety. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Brian and Wheeling, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, how we doing? Hi, Brian. Good. You? Good, man. I'm excited for some Steelers football tonight. Let's hear it, man. I want to hear something specific from you. What are you looking for? What do you, what's the one thing if, if you wanted to see something tonight? And again, we're trying to get a little you know, imaginative here. I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Well, nobody does. You know what I want to see tonight is with our wide receiver position going low, uh, Martavius Bryant's out the door, and we'll see what Darius Hayward Bay does. But I want to see James Washington produce tonight. Deep, uh, deep. deep. I assume that's what you're referring to. I'm, I want to see James Washington catch some passes tonight from Mason Rudolph and see the future of the Steeler offense uh, catch some fire. Is there? And this is asking a lot because you know it's not like the sessions in Latrobe or on TV or something. But if you had a chance to even catch any of the a glimpse of the highlights of some of the stuff that Washington's done out there, I'm just I know he's a freak athlete. That's all. I can you tell know you. what he is? <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's your term, not mine. But I'm going to go along with you, maybe for different reasons. He doesn't look like a wide receiver. No, no, and it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. I mean, you're not going to take Washington at the number six overall pick and not do anything. No, with him. he's 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 got the ability, in 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 spite of the unusual build, 
He's got the ability to create separation. He'll break away from people. But he's also got these hands. Uh, we had a picture on our site last week of this one-handed catch he made. Yeah. You saw it? Josh Dobbs yeah. reached like four feet behind him. I'm sorry. He reached behind for a Josh Dobbs pass that was way behind him and hauled it in with his left hand and brought it back into his chest like it was nothing. Really, really impressive. Uh, again, though, let's see him and Rudolph together. Let's be fair to both of them. Let's give both of them a chance tonight. That's what I'm hoping for here. Even if Washington goes out with the ones, which he probably should if you think about it, Yeah. let's see him get out there at some point or other with Rudolph and give them a chance to make a couple I'm of plays. Excited. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be exciting to see these young guys on defense, too, to see if our secondary can hold up and, and make some noise this year on defense. It's certainly not going to disagree with that. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Eric in Uniontown. You're on 105.9 The X. Hi, Eric. DK, I'm a big subscriber. Been for a long time, so it's an honor to talk to you, my friend. Thanks, man. We really appreciate that. All of us the, do. Uh, I think the uh, the season hinges on two players. One is Washington, who you guys were just talking about. But I think Stefan Tewitt is a big one. that we hmm. you know We know how good he is. But if he can step up and solidify that line, and not get hurt this year, it could make or break us. Uh, you, know you know what? Uh, I'll tell you what, Eric. You know who's not going to disagree with that assessment? Stefan Tuit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, dealt with Stefan since he came into the league, and I've never seen him as serious, like not joking, not anything, uh, as he's been around the team this summer. Um, usually you can get some kind of, you know, hey, what's up, 91 or something. He's got this straight face on him. And if you think about it, the one phrase that you use there is just him staying healthy. If you look back at last season, remember the very first drive in Cleveland? Yeah. He single-handedly destroyed the Browns. It was just a yep. one play for a loss after another. And you're thinking to yourself, that is an epic talent out there. Never mind that it's Cleveland. It's It's indicative of the kind of physical raw talent that he's got and everyone knows he's got a head for the game and poise and all that he just has to stay healthy because once he hurt that biceps he wasn't the same in terms of getting the leverage that he needed he'll tell you this and he wasn't the same in terms of tackling so what did jacksonville do ran right at him yep Yep. up the gut here so i agree with you if you watch the hard knocks how much power does todd haley have None. Yeah, I know. Did you catch the exchange? That was great. Oh, phenomenal. You know which one I'm talking about. For those who didn't see it, I'm going to relay it to everybody, where Todd Haley's in the meeting with Huey Jackson, and Haley's taking exception to the fact that some of the Browns' starters, their quote-unquote stars, although they have none now that Joe Thomas has retired, uh, are getting rests through reps. And Haley's like, first of all, he uses the Mike Tomlin phrase we can't live in our fears which is hilarious in and of itself but he's challenging the head coach in front of everybody at this meeting and basically says using some vulgar language uh these guys haven't done anything why are they just sitting out we all need to be out there and huey jackson says well listen i used to sit on that side of the table too (laughs) meaning haley's right and wasn't that good either. And and no, no. And and that was the end of that conversation. He got shut down. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate the call, Eric. That's good stuff. 
When we come back from this break, we're going to be joined by Dale Lolly out in Philadelphia. Look forward to this because he's going to give us some inside information on how things might be expected to go tonight per the coaching staff's plans. And again, as I'm challenging the callers, Dale's going to share with us his own specific things that the Steelers are hoping to see in this preseason game tonight against the Eagles. Filling in for Mark Madden, I'm Dan Kovacevic. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, no, I just said, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said. Uh, double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. Joined now from Philadelphia by Dale Lawley, our Steelers beat writer at DKPittsburghSports.com, where the Steelers will be playing the Eagles in a preseason game. Hi, Dale. Hey, what's going on, DK? I don't know. That's why we're calling you, I guess. Let's find out. What are the expectations? Realistically, Dale, you've been around the team every day through the summer, through training camp and everything. What are the expectations that the Steelers have for Mason Rudolph going into this game? What's fair? What's realistic? And what are they, maybe what even are they privately hoping for? Well, I think, you know, realistically, they want to see him go out there and run the offense. Um, It's not about completions it's not about you know throwing touchdown passes or anything like that they want to see him go out there and competently show that he can command the huddle the line of scrimmage get guys lined up properly make sure that he's calling the right plays all those uh, those things that you don't think about and then once you know they see that then they want to see the completions and everything else that that goes along with it um but they're not going to rush this process and they they don't expect uh, Rome to be built in a day either um he has throughout the process, um, early in each portion, struggled a little bit. Uh, but then each day, as it goes on, has gotten better and better throughout the process. So he's a guy that learns quickly. He doesn't make the same mistakes twice. And I, I think that's what they want to see today. They want to see him go out there, get his feet wet, and more importantly, get those that first NFL experience under his belt. Because they, judging from, from his past performances, as long as they've been with him, They've seen him get better along the way. So I think what you, the expectation is is to see him improve from game one to game four of this preseason. What have been your own observations, you now, not the Steelers, of, of the okay. way he has conducted <laughs> himself, the way he's uh, composed himself? Realistically, Dale, this is a, this is a kid who came into a, a tough situation, as I was talking about earlier in the show. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's, franchise there's quarterback, you know, Ben takes that little bit of a shot at the Steelers at the time. He's going to cost somebody a job, and yet he seems to have composed himself. Yeah, he's, he is a very, uh, as you mentioned, a com- very composed young man. Uh, you can tell he was a, a, you know, a, a big-time recruit and also a long-time starter in college. You know, if he would have stayed in school another year, Dan, um, he would have been a, a first-round draft pick. How high? It's, How high? Seriously, he could have been. He may have been with another good year at Oklahoma State. Maybe the number one overall. Wow! Um, because this year's draft class. I mean, people are talking about uh, Trace McSorley as being a first round draft pick. Right. This kid's better than Trace McSorley. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't. That's not even necessarily a shot at Trace. Trace is a different no. type of quarterback right. who isn't yeah. necessarily in the NFL mold. Right, and, and that's what I mean, but. But this guy, with, with the quarterback class that's, that's going to be available in this year's draft, there's no doubt in my mind he's a top ten pick. So the Steelers get him in the third round, and, and they get to you know have him on redshirt for this year, 
And we'll see about what happens in the future with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you know, Ben Roethlisberger can say everything that he wants about, you know, wanting to play two or three more years, but it was just two years ago that he was talking about possibly retiring. So he put the thought in their head that, hey, we better get, you know, the, the replacement in place. Um, you know, I, I don't blame the Steelers at all for that. No. You have to, when, once your quarterback hits the mid-30s, you should probably probably be drafting a guy every two years uh, as a potential replacement uh, if you don't think that you have that guy on your roster just because you don't want to have that that uh, that downtime, that down period. You don't want to go uh, one and 15 like the uh, the Colts did when they when they got rid of uh, Peyton Manning and, and got mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. You don't you don't want that that kind of season. Um, now maybe some fans do, but that's not the way that the Steelers think. No, there's no question about that. Joined by Dale Lawley on the phone from Philadelphia. The Steelers and Eagles will be kicking off in a semi-real football game at 7 p.m. tonight. Dale, you mentioned, and I can't help but go off a little bit off my own script here, you mentioned the Steelers getting Rudolph a year before uh, he's coming out of college. Juju was drafted at a very young age as well. And I wonder if, if they aren't maybe onto something here a little bit. I know that's not exactly reinventing the wheel, but when you get these guys that are younger and you know that you can kind of – not that Juju was inactive last year, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You, can no, find, yeah. you can find a way to kind of store them away and say, look, you know, if it's not so much what we think they're going to be in this draft. It's what they would be in the next draft. And that's, that's the key. The Steelers have made a, a habit of drafting underclassmen, young guys – and the reason they do it, Dayon, is because they've been picking at the bottom of the first round mm-hmm. for as long as we can remember, and you're not going to get a shot at some of the top top talent. You're just not. So if you take a guy who's, say, 20, um, but has a lot of upside, he, maybe he's not completely grown into his body. Stephon Tuitt's a perfect example. Uh, Stephon Tuitt's in his fifth year in the league. He's 25 years old. Right. Artie Burns is in his, you know, is, is, is 24. There are, there were corners in this year's draft that are older than Artie Burns. Um, you know, he's, he's still 23 years old or 24 years old. I mean, right. they've got guys that, that are going to continue to grow. Uh, and they like to have that because, I mean, think about Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons played 10 years in the NFL for the Steelers. And when he left them, he was 30. Yeah. That's a good point, right? <laughs> he took it. He took a year on scholarship, but then you know when he grew into the position, he became a pretty good football player for them. Uh, you know they they were able to because they had a good football team give him that year of of continued growth, which would have been his last year in college. But he was able to to spend that in the NFL. Uh, oh, by the way, working with NFL trainers, uh, you know, learning the the system and all that other stuff, and it's it, it's been very beneficial for them. I can't think of too many of those guys. Uh, who they've drafted, who have been twenty or twenty-one that have flamed out. It just—it just doesn't seem to happen. Staying with the offense, but going to a much, much, much lesser light in the in the overall scope, meaning that anything less than quarterback. Chooks Okorafor is a guy that I'm particularly interested in watching through this preseason, if only because to what we're talking about with the draft, the Steelers haven't really had a lineman an offensive lineman that they've drafted of any significance since DeCastro, since David DeCastro back in 2012. There's been three guys they've taken, Gerald Hawkins, the long snapper, Colin Holba, and I forgot the other one's name, Wesley. Uh, Wesley, Wesley Saunders. Wesley, no, nah, that's the tight end. Right, I'm sorry, uh, Wesley, uh, Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson, who's still in the league, by my dad. Who's still in the um, league, but has no impact on the Steelers. No impact on the Steelers, but that happens. When you have a, when you have a, a team that is – 
that is deep like this, right. um, you, you know, you're going to have the cut. I was just writing now about the, the Craig Urbic release in 2010, and I mentioned this a little bit on the uh, on, on our on our website um, over the weekend. And you were like, "Wow, I didn't know this is how they kept the Antonio oh, Brown." Yeah, right. <laughs> it. It you know, they they were looking. They had to keep four quarterbacks that year because of the Ben Roethlisberger suspension, and other guys were getting hurt. And so uh, there were some in the organization, uh, being the uh, some being the offensive coordinator, who wanted to release Antonio Brown and try to put him on the practice squad because they needed to keep the four quarterbacks. That's awesome. And so instead, <laughs> they released Craig Urbeck, who was a third-round pick the year before, and everybody goes nuts. Well, you know, and he played; he's still playing in the league. Uh, you know, seven, eight years later, he plays he plays a good long time. Was a starter for a long time in this league. But they kept Antonio Brown instead because Bruce Arians got, no, we're keeping that guy. I just looked up the numbers. That preseason, Antonio Brown had nine catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns. He was not sneaking on anybody. Wow. Right. No, 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 no. Especially not if they saw how he did it. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is Emmanuel Sanders also had a good preseason that year. He had nine catches for 149 149 Mm -hmm. yards and a touchdown. You had both of those young guys. But you didn't know it because of rookie receivers. Hey, do we keep both of these guys? Do we, do we let one go and try to because we need the quarterbacks in space for the quarterback? That's what's so important about these preseason games. Day on, you know, guys complain about it and the fans complain about it, but the coaches don't complain about it because oh, no. when they get a chance to look at those guys, a guy like Chooks for they need to find out what they have there. Well, that's that's because, why I asked about yeah. him, Dale, because he's if you have to at some point or other start the process of replenishing. The line. I mean, we talk about the quarterback. The quarter, you know, Ben has attached his own future and his own fate to the current offensive linemen who aren't going to be there forever. And right. and that's why you want to see Chooks, especially especially someone like Okorafor, who's a left tackle. We can all we can debate whether that or center is the most important position, but it's one of the two. And for him to be able to play over at that position, that's pretty valuable and important stuff. It is, and the other the other thing of note is that is that Mike Munchak's done a great job of really working with some of these undrafted guys that they get. I mean, you look at, at Chris Hubbard just got paid thirty six million dollars by the Browns. Right, right. Uh, you look at B.J. Finney. You look at Matt Filer, who's who looks like he could be a competent NFL lineman. Mm-hmm. These are guys they got un, as undrafted guys. Um, you know, teams are taking guys in the first round. Uh, you know, offensive linemen in the first round. The Philadelphia Eagles did it a few years ago with a kid named Danny Watkins. Used a first round draft pick on him. He's an interior lineman, a guard from BYU. Stunk. He's out of the league in two years. But meanwhile, the Steelers are grabbing guys who are undrafted guys and turning them into starters. And the Eagles have done some of that too. I mean, yeah, I was going to say this. I mean, the yeah. Steelers have DeCastro and Pouncey, and Marcus was a second rounder. You have guys up there with some pedigree too. Right. Uh, at, as as part of that. But, you know, but it's, right. it, 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 that's what good teams The good teams find those undrafted players and turn them into, into you know, regular contributors. If you can do that with one guy a year, um, that saves, you know, you, you're going to make some mistakes in a draft. Every team does. Dale Lolly. Yeah, that uh, saves uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> Dale Lolly is my guest from Philadelphia. And, and Dale, and following you around uh, out at Latrobe, I know that you're keeping a closer eye than anything at the defensive formations and counting all the secondary guys and the number of safeties that are up at the line of scrimmage. Tell me what you're looking for tonight in that regard, schematically. Well, I think you're going to see the, the seven defensive backs package a little bit tonight. 
Um, a lot of the starters aren't going to play a whole lot here, but they're going to take some looks at it as much as they can. Um, this new dime def- uh, defense with uh, Vince Williams in the middle and some of these other guys that they want to deploy, they want to get Terrell Edmonds on the field in a lot of different spots. He, he has looked every bit the first-round draft pick. Oh, you um, like him. That he was. Yeah, he, you he like him. very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he looks like a legitimate playmaker. Um, I've even had some suggest to me that he might be the team's best safety. Wow. Uh, and by some, I'm, I mean, some people who have some pretty good ideas about these things. So, uh, you know, he's he's a good young playmaker. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he's young. Again, he's another one of these guys that's, you know, 20, 21 years old. He's got, his younger brother is 19, and he's in the NFL as well. I mean, it's just insane. The family genes are there. Uh, he's very serious about the game, and uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. No, there's no question about that. You have to, before I let you go here, for anyone who didn't see your entry in Friday Insider a few days ago, tell the story about Gene Steratore's son. Uh, share with them about the observations that he had of the Steelers' secondary. And for those who don't know, Gene Steratore is a very respected, longtime NFL official whose son is it's Matt, right? His uh, son, Tony. Son, Tony. Tony. Tony's the back judge, and, and, and then Gene Jr. was the, uh, the referee who's now going to be in the booth for uh, CBS. Right, so go ahead and take Tony, it away. Yeah. This, this is too good. So Tony's, Tony's. Uh, I'm talking to Tony toward the end of practice when they were when the officials were out there, and Tony says, "You know, because the, the defensive backs that day were just having a monster day. They had four or five picks. Now Ben Roethlisberger wasn't practicing that day, so that helps. But Tony says, you know, we we talked to the defensive backs yesterday when we were here for the first time, and they were getting pretty grabby on the field. Everything was grab, 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 and we were throwing flags, and and, and they were getting mad at us. And we talked to them as a group after the practice and said, uh, hey." You know, you guys, we're going to call, this is how we're going to call defensive pass interference this year. You guys need to be cognizant of this. He said the next practice they come out, he said, look, they're moving their feet. They're getting in front of balls. They're picking off passes left and right. And he just kind of looked at me and goes, eh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because people dehumanize these guys, these officials. And if you think think about it, in in, in that case, all Steratore did was advise the players and this is part of the official's job. A lot of people don't realize that. It's not just about making the calls or not making the calls. It's to let the players and the coaches know what the expe- the expectation is. And in that case, it made, even if it's just for a day, the Steelers' defensive backs grow up a little bit. And you're right, I was out there. They had their hands all over the football instead of the opposing receivers. Beautiful to watch. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was, great. It was great stuff to watch and, and uh, just a little bit of insight that, that uh, Tony was able to give me. Um, I've known Tony for a long time, and that was uh, he's a great guy. Dale Lawley, beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com out in Philadelphia. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. All right. No problem, DK. We'll talk to you. Steelers and Eagles tonight at 7 p.m. The number to call to participate in this particular program is 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic, filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Those hot spots. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it, you've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. 412-333-9939 is the number to call with your expectations slash hopes slash wishes for what the Steelers can do tonight. I understand it's just preseason. I understand, you know, there's a whole bunch more of it to go and you're barely going to see any starters out there. So tell me specifically football stuff. 
what you're hoping to see. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This segment of the Mark Madden Show is sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Eddie in Virginia Beach, you're on 105.9 The X. How you doing today, sir? Hi, Eddie. Thanks, man. All right. I'd like to see more consistency out of the DB and better pass rushing on the, on the defensive side. Uh, better say the last part again? Better defensive pass rushing. Pass rushing. rushing. All right. Yeah. Tell me who you put that on. Who do you want to see step up? I'd like to see Bud Dupree in that um, – the guy that got hurt last year that's coming back this year, I can't remember his name, uh, but he was he was on the fast wrestling side last year. Uh, he got hurt during, uh, during preseason. I'm not sure who you're talking about there, but I, I kind of figured you were going to point to Bud. Most people do in that situation. Look, Bud needs to step up. He's now on a different side of the football. He's on the side... Uh, of the line of scrimmage, I should say, that he'll tell you he feels more comfortable over there coming in from the right. Uh, Bud has some weird advanced stats within football and that he will get to the quarterback. He'll get there. He'll get close, but he won't make the play. And the Steelers coaches are hoping that by being on the different side that he'll make more of an impact in that regard. Let's go to James in Oil City. You're on 105.9 The X. How you doing? Hi, James. Pretty good. How you doing? All right, man. Go ahead. Give me, give, me your, give me your thing you're looking for tonight. I'm trying to see if Mason Rudolph and James Washington have that chemistry that carries over into the NFL and see if that's the spark of the future. Well, I'll tell you this, and this is not all necessarily a positive, so hear this out. Right. They do. Uh, it shows in Latrobe. Uh, the concern is the obvious, which is that he can't just throw to James Washington when you have an offense that's got, you know, theoretically, at some point down the road, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and, of course, Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield, however it is that that stuff plays out. He has to be able to do other things. And the only thing that I heard from Mason Rudolph in his pregame uh, interview was that I didn't like was that he's really hoping that James is out there. And I get that. They they want each other. There's a trust. They speak about it openly, but there's got to be more to it than that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Appreciate I'm the call. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, no. Oh, I was just wondering uh, you know, if that would just help him kind of get his feet on the ground. Oh, yeah, I can see that. But I'll tell you what, this kid's feet are – they're planted. I mean, he is he is not somebody who's going to get blown away by the situation. I appreciate the call. Anthony and Latrobe, you're on 105.9 The X. Are you there with us, Anthony? Or do we have Jeremy? Okay, Jeremy, we have you. You're on 105.9 The X. What's going on, uh, man? I was put here on the radio, man. I was loving when you're on. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, but uh, what I'm looking for tonight, I want to see, because I keep hearing how great James Washington looks so far. So I want to see what he does tonight. And I want to see what a healthy James Conner could do. We haven't seen a healthy James yet at all. So I'm looking for All right, give me – okay, you sound like you know your football. Tell me yes, what you actually want to see from James Conner. Give me specifics because I have my own thoughts on this, and I want yours first. Uh, well, first I want to see the ground, you know, the ground and pound he saw when he played at Fitt. That's what we need. We missed that old ground and pounder. Yes. So that third short, that the fourth yes. goal line, we need that. That's what we signed him, right? I want to see what he can do. Drop those shoulders and push those guys, get those 
three or four yards of carry. That's what we're missing. That's it, man. It's not more complicated than that for James. I really believe that. You know, there's a game that I covered for our website three years ago. Pitt at Boston College. It was up in Chestnut Hill. I don't know if you follow Pitt football closely, but do you happen to remember that one? No, I mean, I, All I right. don't follow it closely. But you're, okay, I, I whatever your images of James Conner pounding people, multiply it by a factor of about 30. He wow. destroyed these dudes. He, by the third quarter, Boston College, James actually spoke to me about this after the game. They didn't want to tackle him. That's what he was doing to them. Now, on he was also very good at avoiding tackles. He was catching the ball out of the backfield that night up there. It was a night game. But he also just obliterated them. He was actually looking for people who hadn't already tackled him to try to knock them over. Now, and I got a, a question for you, too, when you're done, if you don't mind. Go ahead. That, that's, that's my story. I could tell that one all day. Do I love that do game. We see, I mean, I'd love to see Vance. I know last year he got cut short, but... You know, Vance is supposed to be the hair of the tight end missing piece that we need. Do we see him play at all today? Because I like to see that guy get some more action. You're talking about Vance McDonald? Yes, sir. No, I, I don't think so. Not tonight. He's been kind of banged up. So, I, I don't, yeah, he's out. I don't think he's going to play. Or not, I know he's not going to play. He's out. So, uh, you're going to see uh, Jesse James, who's actually had a pretty good camp. You're going to see Xavier Grimble, who's always having a good camp, just for some reason or other can't carry that consistency into – the regular season. I appreciate the call. We're going to take more of yours after this very short break. So call now, 412-333-9939. We will get you on. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X.